This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. You're here with Chelsea and Joe. Hey guys. How's your week going, girl? <laughs> um, it's It's been good. It's been a good week. Um, it's felt a little long because this is the first week in um, since before the pandemic, I think, that I haven't had anything mm-hmm. to drink. PSA, Chelsea and I are doing like a month, no drinking, um, just because, I don't know, we need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the holidays, our livers after like our livers are like pause. <laughs> yeah, our livers are like we can't do this anymore. You are not twenty two. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you need to stop. <laughs> Take a now. Break. That doesn't mean if any of my wine drinkers out there, I enjoy a big old Please, glass for me. Yeah, for both of us today, especially <laughs> we will be back tonight, especially. I know. Ugh. <laughs> y'all so there's gonna be come with a freaking warning yeah yeah they really they should yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) they really really should (laughs) (laughs) that would be great no men in general i think men in general should come with a warning label like (laughs) each one gets their own individual customized label (laughs) seriously like here's all the the things that are going to drive you freaking nuts and good luck and if you yeah, sure yeah. you want to do this keep going exactly uh anyways but on the on a positive note i know this is the third week in a row we've talked about weather but did you go outside today i know it was so nice summers are coming it was in the 70s today it was, I nice. was like I was outside. We did a walk on the beach. I was like, this is like, this is, yeah. this is my type of winter. Yeah. This is as cold as I want it to be. Yeah. No, it was nice today. So it's not going to stay that way, but it is that like that little reminder that summer she's close. <laughs> she's getting there yep. slowly. Yeah. But well, what are you drinking now? So I have ginger ale. That's 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 what I'm drinking. Ooh, what, that's a good one. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm just doing some bubbly, some grapefruit sparkling water, pretending. That I got it's those champagne. today. The grapefruit ones. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. I mean, I don't. What's know. What's your favorite of like the bubblies? What's your favorite water? flavor? They all taste the same to me. Okay. All right. Okay. Like I don't I don't notice a difference. Like people are like really set on like what is it. La Syrah or whatever it's called. Has LaCroix? Syrah. LaCroix. Oh. Wow. Syrah is a liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are people who really like that one too. <laughs> but LaCroix is the fancy seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> LaCroix. <laughs> okay. I know that like people have like their favorites in LaCroix and like I looked at those prices at the store. And I, said, I know, girl. Fuck no, no, no. We're going with the bubbly that's like two bucks. Like, we will get the, the Food Lion brand. Thank you very much. But they, <laughs> they, they all taste the same to me. Please tell me they all taste the same. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to try. I will die on that hill. All sparkling water to me tastes the same. I will drink it, but they taste the same. I'm so. going to try them because, you know, there I'm going to learn some different seltzers that are non-alcoholic that taste good. Um, so I'll let you know. 
I will I will follow up. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm excited for your report. Um, well, on that very I, well, sober note, shall we get into this? <laughs> you ready to get into our case for the week? Yeah, I'm really interested. She's been really hush-hush about this one, you guys. I have. So, okay. I'm not going to say where I got my information from in the beginning. I'm going to say it at the end because if I say it, it's going to give it away pretty quickly. Okay. Um, and then also, it sh- there might be times where it might come off as victim blaming. Okay. I am not victim blaming in any way. Okay. I think the lady that I'll be talking about as well in this story, that she is a survivor and she's amazing and she has so much strength. I couldn't imagine what she had to go through. So, um, Damn. but okay. when I was kind of listening to it, I could, I could see where some people might be like, vic- like could victim blame or this and that. And okay. I am all not right. victim blaming okay. in any way. So, all right. Damn. What are we talking about? At the beginning. <laughs> we are talking about the case of Thomas Hainsworth. Okay, nothing. Ringing no bells. Okay. So this case takes place in... Okay, I forgot the sparkling water makes you burp a lot. Oh, yeah. Be prepared, you guys. in (laughs) Richmond, Virginia. So we're in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And in the beginning of the show, we meet historian Julian Maxwell Hayter. Yeah, your favorite state. (laughs) Scary. I didn't listen. It's just scary. He tells us... Well, you're not going to like this. Then. Wonderful. Um, okay. So Richmond, Virginia. We meet historian Julian Maxwell Hayter, PhD, and he tells us that between 1982 and 1983, Richmond begins to see an increase in violent crime. Kids in school are being taught that if you are attacked or raped, you need to remember everything you can about your attacker. And this is important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By 1983... In 1984, the murder rate increased by 22%. And essentially, due to segregation policies that put African Americans in these impoverished communities. And in the late 70s and early 80s, work was beginning to dry up in those communities. And Ah. those communities that were once poor but working are now becoming poor and unemployed communities. Got it. And this starts causing more paranoia in the white communities. Okay. So kind of like a background of what the social situation was happening in Richmond. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the episode starts with us meeting Janet Burke, and she is an eyewitness to a crime. Okay. She had just finished getting her associate's degree and was working at a child care program at a church, and she was 20 at the time. On January 3rd, 1984, it was the first day back after the holiday season, and Janet, who was living at her parents' house at the time, was driving into work that day. It's around 6.30 a.m. She parks in the back parking lot of the church and enters in through a door that went down like a long hallway. Mm Mm-hmm. So she turns on the lights, goes down the hallway to the office, and notice a note on her desk. In in the show, what the note says, it says, like, sorry, we'll be in late, Stacy. Okay. So after Janet reads the note, she hears a noise in the hallway, and she goes out to see what is going on. She sees a black male walking down the hallway with a knife in his hands. As the man gets closer to her, he raises the knife to her throat. He then rapes her. Ah. 
So in the very beginning of the episode, Janet talks again about how at school she was being taught that if you are ever attacked or raped, you have to do everything you can to remember every detail from your attacker. Okay. So she does this. She remembers he was wearing jeans, a bulky jacket. He had a ski mask on, but was open faced. Okay. She could see his face, but not his hairline. Okay. As he was leaving, she purposely looked to where he fell in the door frame so she could see how tall he was. Okay. Janet tells us that she w- she felt very, very confident that she could identify him at a later time. Damn. I mean, that's impressive thinking okay. for someone who's going through a situation like that. I got to give her credit for that much. Yes. Now, I'm going to drop a lot of science in this one, too. Is this okay. is this when we first realized about what is that thing that we have? I'll let you continue, but you know how like we cannot, we're not as good at differentiating differences between other races other than our own. Yes, we get into that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yep. <clears throat> oh no. So we hear some expert experts talk about eyewitness testimony and how powerful it can be in a case. How the cornerstone of our legal system is based on some form of eyewitness testimony. Yeah, yeah. There's research that has been done that shows that if you have an extremely reliable eyewitness during their trial testimony, is extremely persuasive and even more persuasive over physical evidence. Yeah, okay. I, I believe that. Okay. Which is a very, like, scary thing if you think about no, it. No, it is. It's problematic. It's problematic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're introduced to Detective C.T. Woody, who worked for the Richmond Police Department. And he was part, he was a part of one of the teams in trying to build the, the description of suspects of who could have attacked Janet. And he was mostly assigned to black communities. Side note, like he's African-American as well. Detective Woody. Okay. It comes back. Okay. Um. His supervisor, Sergeant N.H. Harding, was the lead investigator. Oh, wow. The investigator? Don't even need. <laughs> the investigator. <laughs> don't, don't even need alcohol to mess up my talk. Um, <laughs> that's the funny part of, of being sober, yeah, is you're like, oh, that's just me. Okay. <laughs> that's, just a, that's just a character flaw I have. Um, <laughs> Harding was the lead investigator on Janet's case. So they play a a voice recording of Harding and he can hear him say that physical evidence has been found at the crime scene. Okay, that's good. Okay. So we meet Sean Armbers. Can I, sorry, can I pause you before we... She's an attorney. Before we talk about her. Did they do Mm -hmm. rape kits back then? I believe they did, but they didn't really have... um, like, they didn't have DNA evidence and all that stuff. Okay. Like, they couldn't run it. I got you. But I believe they did. Mm-hmm. So, now we meet Sean Armbar's attorney, and she mentions that there was a pattern of five separate crimes that happened between January 3rd of 1984 and February 1st of 1984, all within the small area of Richmond and Henrochio County. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Henrochio. Henroco. No, Hiroshio. H-E-N-R-I-C-O. Henrico? It's a county outside of 
Henrico? Only because there's a prison there. <laughs> Henrico County Prison. Just... And my cousin was at that prison. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to go with Henrico then. Sorry, it's a weird one. Virginia has some weird, weird counties. Yeah, they sure do. And then they also have really plain, boring ones also. <laughs> Yeah, like a county that was like on border of where I grew up at was Fauquier County. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Virginia is a very interesting state. Um, So all these attacks, though, are less than a mile apart. OK, yeah, this sounds like a pattern. Yep. So that attack. OK, so the first attack was the rape of Janet on January 3rd. Then on January 21st, Amy, possible name change, was sodomized orally in a parking lot. On January 27th, there was an attempted abduction of Susan, a possible name change. This is the names that they used, but I don't know if these are the actual. The only victim's name I actually know for sure is Janet. Okay. Okay. Um, on January 30th, Beth was raped. And then finally, on February 1st, there was an attack on Kelly. Jesus. So the attacker was African-American and all the victims are white. Okay. He used a knife and the attacker and the attackers and the attack took place either early in the morning or early evening right after work. Okay. So it seems like there's a pattern developing. Yeah. Oh, there's 100% a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So Detective Woody brings up the point that everyone is now asking the police like, what the fuck are you going to do? The chief of police is pressuring them. The victim's families are pushing them. People are bringing up the whole, like, you just drive around in your cars, drinking coffee and eating donuts. Oh. Like that whole mindset. Like oh. you're not doing anything. So the pressure is on. And yeah. we know whenever Cue the outrage. that intense yep. pressure yep. is put on the police department, they're going to fuck. Something's going to get fucked it up. It definitely, yeah, increases the chances. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into a little bit now at this point of Tom- about Thomas. Okay. So Thomas uh, grew up with his mother, father, three sisters, and brother. Wow. He had friends in the neighborhood. He said it was a nice place to live. His sister tells us that if he wasn't sitting on the front porch with their family dog, Frisky, he was in his bedroom recording songs off the radio on a cassette. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those Aww. days. Do you remember like when you had the... This is like the flip phone and you could hold it up to the um, radio to record your song. And you were like, everyone shut yeah, up. Yeah. My song. You're on. making it into your ringtone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 My ringtone. Oh, yeah. 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 It was rough growing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> he. Uh, so Thomas pretty much went to school, played football, hung out with friends and then came home. Like he's a good Just kid. a good normal kid. Yeah. At the time in 1984, he was just 18 years old, and he had never been arrested, no run-ins with the police, and one day, he was running to the store to get sweet potatoes for his mother, and that is when the third victim, Susan, sees him. She calls the police and tells them he looks like her attacker, so the police come and stop him. Oh, no, Chelsea. Yeah, you're not going to like this. They ask him, where is he going, and he says, the store? Yeah. And they say that a lady's house had been broken into and that she can describe the victim. And they ask if he minds staying here until, you know, 
we Wait, get the victim. Wait, did you mean... Uh, he says the, he doesn't mind. Do you mean the perpetrator? No. They're like, we have a victim that can describe... They're like, going the to house had bring the victim in. to him? To, to identify him. Can they do that? I mean... In 1984, maybe. I don't think that's best practice today. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Lots of problems with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. So, so he says he doesn't mind. But then all of a sudden, the street is just flooded with police cars. There's like 10 police cars. Oh, no. So they get Susan from the opposite direction and they put her in the police car. Okay. Yeah. They then take her out of the police car and she looks at Thomas, but she seems kind of like unsure. So she looks a second time. Again, she isn't 100%. She looks again the third time. And at this point, the police say something to her. So she kind of like throws her hands up and says, okay. Then police arrest Thomas. Okay. Okay. So much, so much of that is problematic it's so wrong it's just like that's not <clears throat> you can't do a lineup without a lineup you can't i don't and like you don't can't badger her to say if she's not sure she's not sure oh dear okay all right and like could you he's okay so he's 18 and he's literally going to the store to get sweet potatoes for his mother i know i know i know I know. And so he probably thinks, yeah, it's fine. Go get her. Like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, like, right. He's like, have a great time. Enjoy. Like, you ha you're wasting your time. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then to get arrested. Oh, my God. And he doesn't even know what he's getting arrested he for. He thinks it's a burglary because that's all he's been told. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So at this point, we meet neuroscientist, which is like, oh, man, that's a. It's a word. <laughs> that's a. That's a word. That's a job. That's intense. Yeah. <coughs> it's a lot of, that's a lot of schooling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas Albright, PhD, and he starts to explain like how our eyes process light to carry signals to our brain. Oh, here we go. And he explains, yep, here's a science. And he explains that perception is ascribing some sort of meaning to the sensory information that we've acquired. And the way that we do this is to take into account context. What we do know to be true about the world. So essentially he's saying like, we take in the information about what we know to be true. That's what I got from that. Yeah. Okay. I will add so though. So he uses this example. He's, huh? I will add though, he's kind of hot. Who? Thomas Albright. Thomas Albright? Yeah. Oh. He's a little bit of a he's okay. a little bit of a silver fox. I can't remember fox. what he looked like in the show. He's a little bit of a silver fox, a little bit. Like he's not heartthrob or anything, okay. but you know. He looks good. <laughs> he probably has a you know, girl. Is he married, divorced, looking for a sugar baby? Uh, yeah, seriously, because I I'm sure am as a neuroscientist, <laughs> you're probably making some bank. I would hope so. I am available. He's got those piercing blue eyes. You know I love blue eyes. Mm -hmm. All right. There you go. <laughs> Thomas, call me. Um, so he uses this example. If there are just a random dots on a picture, right? But he starts to point out that there is a Dalmatian under this tree of do dots. 
you aren't unable to see that. Okay. Our brain has now connected two things. It's very difficult to disconnect them even when you are presented with new facts. Okay. All right. Yep. And this is very important when you are connecting a face to an event. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I know I learned a lot about eyewitness testimony. Yeah. How unreliable it is. I know. And it's really like, that's, it's scary because you don't want to like doubt somebody that's like, no, I know what I, I saw. I know. I know. When you're like, but do you know what you saw? But like, how shitty am I of a person to question what you saw? I know. I know. I know. <sighs> and also just for yourself, like, I don't know, for me, it's even worse because then I start questioning it to myself. I'm like, wait, did I remember that right? Mm-hmm. Did I see what I think I saw? Was my brain just like sorting mm-hmm. out something? You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Um, okay, so we meet another expert. Gary L. Wells, PhD, who is an eyewitness identification expert, which like I didn't even know that was a job. His name is Gary what? Allwell? Wells. Wells. W-E-L-L-S. Yeah, I didn't either. He is an eyewitness identification expert. Interesting. I know. I was like, shit, what? Not as attractive. How do you get that job? Not as attractive. Yeah, it's way too intelligence for me. Like, well, okay. Oh. Well, I don't mean, I'm not judging these people right now. No, I said he's he's way less attractive. That's all I said. Definitely. If you wanted to do that, you could do that. Uh, the moment if like math is introduced, I'm out. And I'm sure eyewitness has some form of like math involved. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure you have to take like psychology courses and like I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> me not being good at math has really, really limited my career opportunities. Feel you, girl. <laughs> it's just t- y'all do your math. <laughs> okay. He explains that faces are processed differently than other objects. Instead of processing the eyes, the nose, and the mouth. It is processed all at once as a whole. For most objects, we see individual characteristics of that object, which then explains why it is that, oh, sorry, which explains why it is that if you invert a face, people have trouble recognizing that face more so than if you take an object and invert it. Interesting. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's like, because it's funny in the show, they did that. They like took a face and it was like upside down. And then all of a sudden when they did it upside right, I forgot who it was. I think it was like Prince Henry, um, Prince Harry or something like that. Like it was like a famous celebrity, but like when it was upside down, you, you can, couldn't really you tell figure it out. just the face until it flipped it back Interesting. up. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Um. So even when you get a good look at the person, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to identify that person. But he does mention that there is a lot of pressure on eyewitnesses to make an identification. Okay. Yeah, there is. So ultimately, five women are shown mugshots of Thomas and they identify Thomas as the attacker. And at the time, it was pretty standard practice to show the victims the photos as a simultaneous presentation. When the all the victims are shown Thomas's mugshot, 
We have to remember that on February 6th, 1984, a month after the attack on Janet, the police call her about a suspect they have in custody and they would like to come show her pictures. She was working at the time, but she told them to come over. It's nap time. Okay. So the kids are in a different room and she looks at the pictures. On the first page, she sees a picture that she is 100% sure is who attacked her. Mm. She points to the picture of Thomas Hainsworth. Mm. She tells detectives that's him. We also find out, though, later on that Janet was shown two photo arrays already. And when she identified Thomas, this was her third time seeing photos. Oh. And we have to remember the pressure. Yes. And it was almost kind of like a little bit like the cops were telling her he's on this page. Like he's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, Chelsea. Pushing her. So that's what I'm saying. When the other women are seeing this, we don't know if like, because Jan's the only one that we talked to. We don't know if like they were kind of pushing towards yeah, Thomas's much. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus Christ. So in 1984, prior to DNA, sexual assault cases really relied on eyewitness accounts and blood typing. Yeah. Thomas does get indicted on the charges. Okay. So they have the woman who are certain Thomas is the attacker. And if the prosecution can prove this, he will go to jail for life. Oof. Okay. Listen, I also have to like roll my eyes at the fact that they're trying to put this man away from life when men get what? What is it? Max seven years now for sexual assault? Yeah. Well, that and you have to remember the environment of the time. Yeah. As well as that he's attacked five. And the fact that he's a black man who attacked with a knife. white women. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The invi- yeah, exactly. And that is still very real today. Yeah. It's sad. I know. I know. Um. So while booking Thomas and interviewing him, the police are doing everything to scare him. They tell him you can get the death penalty. What? And in the episode... Thomas brings up that he was, again, only 18 years old and they were trying to scare him, but they didn't need to do that because he was already terrified. Yeah, of course he fucking was. And they're sitting here like, you could get life? Yeah. You could get the death penalty? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. God. So as Thomas is being interrogated, Janet meets with a Commonwealth attorney and they wanted her to go first since they felt like the id was she had more of an id concrete like her id was concrete okay if they could get a conviction then they could bring that conviction into other cases oh jesus christ okay yeah i see so they want her case to be the first one i see so we jump to july 12th 1984 five months after thomas's arrest it is the day of the trial and janet tells us She's scared to death. She's standing in front of the courtroom and they bring Thomas in. As soon as Janet sees him, she starts to fall apart. Thomas, on the other hand, according to a reporter that was also in the show, in the episode, that was following the case, said he looked lost, like a deer in headlights. Mm. So we meet Ramon Tripp Chalkley, Thomas's defense attorney. Okay. He had just left prosecuting and started a new law firm and was pretty much taking on any case that walked in the door. But he had no desire to emphasize criminal casework, but he kept getting criminal cases. 
So that's how he kind of became a criminal defense attorney. Okay. And he tells us that Thomas's case was given to him and he pretty much knew nothing about this case besides what the warrant said. Uh, oh. So Thomas's warrant had like 30, he had 30 something warrants for robbery, abduction, breaking, breaking and entering, rape, sodomy, and intent to defile. Thomas said some of the warrants he didn't understand and add and had to ask his mother what the definition of it was. <sighs> so, oh my god. His defense team, oh my god, is like this is a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. And his defense attorney thought he's like looking at the case and he's like his defense attorney's 100% on Thomas's side. He's like you have the wrong person. Yeah. This is not the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he thinks. He thinks it's going to be a, here you go. Like, here's all the evidence proving that it's not Thomas. Case closed. Let's move on. And he tells Thomas to go into court and sit up straight and stay focused. Thomas's family testifies on his behalf. He has a good alibi. That day that Janet was attacked, January 3rd, he was at home that morning, woke up around 10 a.m., and he and his mother remember that day because they were finally taking down the Christmas tree. But that didn't matter? Mm-mm. The so, fuck? Pros- so here's the thing about having your mother as like your main yeah. alibi witness. Prosecutors can exploit this. Because even though it is very normal to have your mom as your alibi, who is the one person in this world that would lie for you? Absolutely, yep. Yep, that would be your mother. Your so it's a double-edged sword. <sighs> I'm so angry, Chels. <laughs> I'm so Oh, girl, mad. you're about to get real angry. So during the search warrant of Thomas's mother's house, they find a gun. They don't, sorry, they don't find a gun. They don't find a knife. They don't find anything tying him to the cases. So this is a case of his word versus the victim's words. <laughs> I know. It's so infuriating. It's just like. It's not just that there's no evidence. It's that there's evidence pointing to a different perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And they're just refusing to to ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. Because now they have somebody. They have somebody that they can put pinpoint these cases. Like Not pinpoint. They can blame these cases on yep. and move on with their lives. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So when Janet takes a stand, they make her tell the they make her tell the court everything that happened to her during the attack. At some point, the court takes a recess for Janet to collect herself. When the court hearing starts back up, she remembers them asking her if the person was in the courtroom that attacked her, and she says yes, and she points to Thomas. She was absolutely 100% sure it was him. The prosecutor asks Janet if she is sure that it Thomas is a man that raped her, and she says she is positive and points at him. The prosecutor asks, how do you know that is the man that raped you? She said, he got a face I'll never forget. Famous last words. So, uh-huh. so Detective Woody brings up the fact that he knew Thomas, Thomas and his family, and he was never, Thomas was never on any of the police, like, lists of troublemakers or who you have to watch out for or, mm-hmm. like, keep an eye on that kid. And he does bring this up to his sergeant 
that he does not believe Thomas could have done this. But the victim has positively identified him. And he says, what can you do? He says, that's the system. Ugh. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's why Virginia's scary, you guys. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> just, just trying to stay like calm. Getting tension headache. Just trying to stay calm. <laughs> <laughs> things have gotten i guess a little better since the 80s but not much jesus christ that's just the way the system works wow that's fuck, just the fuck system this kid sorry damn okay all right yeah. shouldn't have gone to the store that day i guess you shouldn't have gone to get your mom some fucking sweet potatoes jesus potatoes didn't know it was gonna be such i a- would never touch a fucking sweet potato ever again <laughs> we will not be having sweet potato casserole at fucking things there will be none not a potato in this house unless it's a white or purple (laughs) potato done with this bullshit (laughs) um so the jury ends up deliberating for about four hours before finding thomas guilty of raping 21 year old janet can i ask another question really quick yeah. The they didn't the only people who they, did they have any experts the experts that you talked about who were in the documentary were there any such experts who were even like studying those kind of things that could have spoken to the possibility that she might not be remembering things exactly right I don't think they had that back in 1984 it just wasn't there yet okay all right that's what I was wondering okay I don't think it was there yet I I mean I haven't heard of eyewitness expert. Yeah. So, like, I feel like... Yeah. Okay. Okay. 1984 ain't going to have that. And I could be wrong, but it they didn't say anything about experts. Well, and it sounds and, like his attorney thought it was going to be a open and closed case. Like, it's just cut and dry. Like, yeah. And so, yeah. might not have put as much... Uh, uh, I don't want to say... I don't, I don't want to... It sounds like he was supportive of this man, but didn't think that he was going to have to present a strong case because he was like he has an alibi yeah. there's no evidence pointing him this way he's never done anything wrong before obviously like this is just an he didn't think it was going to be a big deal yeah yeah and he did say like his attorney is in the in the episode as well and he did say he's like i failed him i failed his mother yeah like i've just failed because he just uh, yeah and, he didn't um, even think he had to prepare he was like it's easy it wasn't him <laughs> yeah yeah okay. Yeah, like, I mean, most people be like, wasn't him. Yeah. So, like, why are we here today? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, how do you say that county? Henrico? Hey, yeah, Henrico, yeah. Henrico? I don't think that's how you say it, but it's fine. All I remember so is still when I would get phone calls, it would say, you have a phone call from an inmate at the Henrico County Prison. <laughs> to accept this Stupid. call, press four. <laughs> Okay. So he still faced the other three cases in Richmond and one in Henrico County. So Thomas is in complete shock and he can't believe this is happening. Yeah. yeah. He's still holding on to some hope that he wouldn't be found guilty in the other cases because, again, there's no physical evidence placing him at the scene of the crime. Oh, my God. So Susan, the third victim that called the police, her case never went to trial. Okay. And... There, no one's really sure why it didn't go to trial, but one theory is that she could not have, like, 
there's a possibility she couldn't have gotten a very good look at her attacker after all. Okay. So they can't use her as an eyewitness. Okay. All right. Sure. But she's the one that called the police. But she was the one who fucking identified him. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, she was the one that called police and said, I think I saw my attacker. Yeah. Shannon's the one that was like, I 100% know it's him. Wait, but didn't they make him? In her mind. Was she, wait, so was Janet the one who came in the car that day when he was walking with the yam? Yeah, that that was was Susan. Susan. Yeah, yeah. But remember how she, Susan did three times, was like, I don't think that's, or she wasn't sure. I don't think that, like, I'm not sure. Yeah. And then they said something to him, to her, and she was like, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, they kind of like pointed Janet down the road and then that it was him. ultimately she's not even able to testify. It's like, well, she, yeah. you, you were relying on her from the jump and now, and now she can't even testify. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm fine. <laughs> um, in Amy's case, the second attack, Thomas was acquitted of all charges. Yeah. Well, well, there's one, one down. Okay. How? How can he be a... (sighs) Okay, just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) So in Amy's gaze, the jury lacked enough confidence in the evidence to make a conviction. Okay. All right. Great. Great. So Thomas and his defense attorney bring up the fact that now, though, when Thomas testifies on the stand and the prosecution asks if he has ever been convicted of rape, he has to say yes. Fuck! god damn it and now it becomes much harder to represent somebody with a prior felony record even though everything is pointing him away jesus christ okay so essentially it's the same case over and over again with a different victim thomas goes through eight months of trials and his defense attorney is more convinced than ever he is innocent and like I said, he says that there is no way to put it in evidence and he failed Thomas and his mom. Oh. Like there's no way to say he didn't. There's no physical evidence tying him to the case, but there's no physical evidence saying he didn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And in, in 1984. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God so damn it. It's like. Mm-hmm. So infuriating. So October 11th, 1984, eight months after thomas's arrest thomas is convicted of three rapes and sentenced to a total of 74 years listen i love he goes the to- sentencing for rape that's great we should give everyone those kind of years for rape but i don't love anything else <laughs> yeah yeah i like it if he was the person that did yeah it. real rapists should go away for a long 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 times <laughs> yeah not innocent men, but okay. So, All right. Yeah. He goes to jail at the age of 18. Thomas remembers the first day of prison. He gets off the bus and guys are whistling and saying, fresh meat, fresh meat. He says that in prison, rapists and child molesters, you're the lowest of the bar of the institution. They have this idea that what you do to others should be done to you. Oh, no. He even says that there were times he even questioned himself. What are the odds that five women are wrong? Does he just not remember? No. No, bitch. You remember. You remember correctly. Yeah. And also, like, I feel 
okay, fucking child molesters can just go die. Sure. So can rapists. Sure. So can murderers. Sure. But I feel like murderers, like, you also, like, took someone's life. Like, you're not an, you're not an outstanding citizen. Exactly. You don't get citizen of the year award. No. Like, you all suck. Uh, yeah, most of you. Except for the innocent ones. <laughs> Except for the innocent ones. I'm talking about the guilty ones. Yeah, yeah. You all suck. Unless you embezzled. You all suck. The only prisoners who I think are, like, decent people are the ones who embezzled tons of money from, like, huge corporations. Because then it's like. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You just enjoy. Uh, oh, 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 your multi-billionaire can't get his <laughs> so spaceship sorry. to Mars today. Oh, shocker. Oh, that must be really I hard for care. you guys. <laughs> oh jesus did he say he got harassed did he get harassed in prison he didn't say much but i mean the implication he did 18 come on and he has no prior history and he has he's a good kid he's not like running on the streets doing shit he shouldn't do yeah no like oh poor baby and the fact that he said they have this idea that what you do to others should be done to you yeah yeah Mm, poor baby yeah so after the trial people were thanking janet for coming forward and she would actually carry around a letter she got from a local tv station saying how thankful they were for her coming forward and how brave she was and janet really thought that she had made a difference that she had helped put away a very dangerous serial rapist of course she did she wasn't trying to be a jerk no Oh. So after Thomas is arrested, another series of rapes take place. Okay. The perpetrator starts telling his victims that he was the black ninja. See, fuck that guy. He would tell fuck them. Fuck that guy. My God. Ugh. Okay, but yeah. So he would tell them he didn't care if they, if they called the police to go ahead and call the police. Tell them it was a black ninja that raped you. So police believe that... The black ninja was responsible for 12 attacks. Please also believe this is a... Co- okay, but are you ready to be even more annoyed? No, but go ahead. Please believe this is a copycat. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And they are questioning and re-questioning the rape victims. Fired, all of them. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Jesus Because Thomas is arrested, but now... Yep. So the MO is extremely similar to the MO... For Thomas's quote unquote offenses. It's almost like it's the same person. Well, this was crazy. I know. It's almost like, <laughs> oh, it's a copycat. It's not a fucking copycat. Okay. All right. But no, they're going to stick to their story. But they're not going to admit that they did something wrong or they made a mistake and let this poor man out and go find the actual person who raped a shit ton of women and got away with it so many times that he brazenly told these women, call the fucking police. I don't fucking care. No, no, no. We won't do that because we got our man. And that's the man. He's the one who did it. He's the one. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So it becomes more of the notion that... It's another black man preying on white women. It was an easier idea than we got the wrong guy. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Because that's what black men so do. So Thomas Chels. told the police. They just prey on know, white I women know. right and left. We got to deal with it. Ugh. Fuck off. So Thomas did tell the police that they should check out his neighbor, Leon Davis, as a person of interest. Thomas tells that tells the police that on January 3rd, 
before he was locked up. It was his niece's birthday party. He goes outside and Leon Davis catches his interest because he's limping. So he asks what happened and he's and Leon said he got chased from chased by some white boys because he was messing with a white girl. But when he ran away, he fell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That sounds like someone so worth questioning. During one of Yeah. I would definitely question that person yeah. because what do you mean messing with What is that? Yeah, girl? what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, explain. What th- what does that mean? <laughs> um are these white boys being fucking racist or are they trying to protect this girl because you're attacking her? I need to yeah, know. I just want to know what, like, what do you mean by what, messing I need, with I need a more girl? Context. Yeah, what, what was happening here? Yes. <laughs> um, so during one of the trials, though, one of the victims says that a group of guys <gasps> caught um, caught him while and chased he was attacking him off? her and started chasing him, but he fell and got away. Wait, wait. Was this one of the victims? You said it was in her testimony. So this was one of the testimonies against one of Thomas's alleged offenses. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So when Thomas told the detectives about this, he was already in prison and they were like, nah, we got you. We got the right Fuck person. Off. Because oh, Thomas put it together. Because uh, he's smart. So I guess we know what he meant by saying messing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he wasn't just yeah. trying to date her. They weren't just trying to go out on a yeah. nice little date together. No. No. What was this guy's name? Leon Davis. L-E-O-N. Okay. 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 Got it. December 15th, 1984. Ten months after Thomas was arrested, the media starts to take notice of the serial rape of the serial rapist in Richmond. One night, a couple was walking and they noticed that a man was following this woman and something seemed off. So they called the police and this is what leads the police to Leon Davis. Leon Davis ends up being convicted of rape, robbery, and malicious wounding. He was sentenced to four life terms plus 100 years in prison. Damn. And I didn't didn't dig too much into his case because like, fuck him. He doesn't like deserve that and like no fuck off he did it we're talking about thomas so but that is essentially he does get convicted of rape and robbery and he is in life he's in prison for life like he's never seen the light of day again enjoy yeah (laughs) so Shanna talks though about how when she saw leon's picture in the newspaper after he had been caught she had no connection to the picture to his face or anything jennifer Swysart. Okay. S-Y-S-A-R-T. I think Swysart. Swysart? I think so. People's last names. I swear. It's a weird one. Uh, PhD. She's also an eyewitness identification expert. Talks about one of the biggest misconceptions about eyewitness testimony is that when an event is extremely stressful or traumatic, we would assume that someone would be much more likely to be accurate in their recollection and their identification that follow. Mm. Right? But research actually suggests that they are more likely to make errors. Yeah, yeah. She mentions that if someone is in fear for their life, they aren't really going to be able to remember the face of the attacker, but they engage in weapon focus effect. Yep. And this is where it's more important for the victim to look for a weapon and make sure it isn't being pointed at them or coming towards them. This causes the identification accuracy to decrease. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So essentially, like, even though like Janet tried her best to remember, her brain isn't actually remembering. Yeah. yeah. Of course not. She was her brain trauma. is trying to make sure, like, where is that knife? Where is that? She knife? was having trauma. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So meanwhile, Thomas is continuing to file for appeals after appeals, but they keep getting denied. On April 13th, 1993, nine years after his arrest, he goes to his parole hearing and they ask him, you know, what happened? And he says, I was falsely accused. Yeah. I did not do this. And pretty much they would be like, that's all I have to say. Tell you what, if you go ahead and commit that you committed these crimes, then we'll consider you for parole. Yeah, that's exactly. And I, that's what they do. Yeah. They want to see that you admit it and you own it and like you're taking responsibility and you're moving on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But good for Thomas because he says, fuck that. Yes. No, I'm not going to confess to something I didn't do. Yes. Good for him. So February 10th, 2000, 16 years now after Thomas was arrested. Oh, my God. Senator Patrick Leahy introduces a bill that would make DNA testing available to all inmates who claim it could prove their innocence. Following this, attorneys Barry Sheck and Peter Newfield create the Innocence Project. Okay. This is the first time in history that DNA is finally proving that the system has innocent people behind bars. Nice. Okay. So we actually meet Peter and Newfield, and he says that when the Innocent Project first began, a lot of prosecutors were okay with using DNA to convict, but it wasn't okay to use DNA to get people to out. Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Because then we have to admit that like these white people are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so eventually, as DNA is able to prove that innocent people are behind bars, Senator Warren issues an audit because they are just getting case after case after case no, it's a- of like people was DNA coming back innocent, innocent, innocent. So Senator Warren was like, uh, we need to look into this. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Like we need an audit. Like what the S- fuck is going something on? Something is fucking wrong here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So on December 14th, 2005, 21 years after Thomas's arrest, Oof. Thomas is watching the news in his cell and he sees that Senator Warren issued to test all this DNA and he knew his case fell within that bracket of testing. So he starts writing to anyone he could write to about this case. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. God, he's a fighter. Mm. February. I know. February 17th, 2009, 25 years later. A forensic science lab sends a letter to Thomas, and in that letter, it says, we have found DNA in one of your cases that is up for testing. So, aka, he just got a letter notifying them that, yo, your DNA is going to be tested. Yeah. And he's probably like, good, test it. Good, test it. I've been asking this shit for fucking 25 years now. I didn't even know we could do this back then, but fucking yes. We should have done it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So he writes to Sean, um, Sean Armburst, the attorney from the beginning of the episode, and she takes on his case. Nice. Yes. Okay. About two weeks later, Thomas receives another letter about the result of his DNA testing. It comes back one in one trillion. You are not the person that committed this crime. You are not the father. Eliminated yes. as a suspect. Yes. 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 Oh, okay. Also... 
also in the letter though, it has a person's name that was the perpetrator, but it had been like covered up so he couldn't see it. But he knew. He already knew it was Leon, Leon Davis. Davis. Damn. Okay. So what happens next? Get to the good part. Mm. So now the detectives go to Janet and they start to tell her about the whole DNA being tested and her DNA kit from her rape was being retested and it appears Thomas Hainsworth is not your attacker. And they tell her that the DNA has matched to Leon Davis. Mm-hmm. That piece of shit. And Janet is actually very devastated about this sure. because she yeah. just is like, I can't believe I am the person that put an innocent person in jail. Yeah, that's got to be a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So bringing this up a little bit more science. In the episode, and you brought this up in the very beginning, <laughs> they do this experiment where they show a white detective pictures of Leon Davis at the VA State Penitentiary and Thomas Hainsworth. Okay. Mm-hmm. They also show a black detective, Detective Woody, the same pictures. Okay. The white detective says they look similar. And he does point out some differences, but Detective Woody de- says they look completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So since Leon's victims were all white, this brings up cross-race identification. Mm -hmm. And pretty much research has proven that we are less likely to make accurate identification decisions of those individuals that are of a different race than us. This doesn't mean it is about racism or prejudice, but the way that the brain automatically processes the faces of people from other groups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's the same with animals. They can't tell the difference between yeah. other animals, but they can tell the difference between one another. Yeah, it's just, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's a reality that we all need to just accept about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and we need to, like, learn how to overcome that, though, so that we can process in case, it, like, I don't know. I don't even know if we can, but I think I, I think acknowledging it and putting yourself in that, like, or maybe we can and with time we'll be able to. But I think just acknowledging that and understanding, like, and it, it for every, like, it's anyone that is not your own race. So just acknowledging that that's just kind of how it is and not jumping to conclusions or making assumptions, mm-hmm. just having that awareness of knowing that that's just how the brain works. Um, I think that yeah. helps and that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to Thomas and even, <laughs> you ready for this? Even though his DNA proved him innocent in Janet's case, there were still two cases he had a significant amount of prison time for. Did he have to wait to get those, those DNA? Those two cases, those two cases did not have any DNA evidence. Oh, well, whose fucking fault is that? I don't know. So I'll turn. So his attorney, Sean, says that VA your favorite Virginia has a lot of problems in which these cases are dealt with (laughs) because they have this idea that finality is more important than justice. And if you create anything to help solve a problem, it is going to be abused. There it (laughs) is. Like pointing directly at me. Right there. This is it right there. (laughs) And the fact that the second highest revenue for the state of Virginia are their prisons. But anyways, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) so this complicates thomas's case because those cases were based on very confident eyewitnesses (sighs) and without dna it is going to be almost impossible 
to overturn those convictions. I cannot. I'm exhausted. So they have to build a case around Leon's MO and how the victims in Thomas's case match the MO to Leon's cases. Okay. All right. Sean mentions that having the prosecution on their side is would be amazing. And this is when Mike Herring comes in. All right. Mike was the elected Commonwealth's attorney during Haydensworth trial in 1984. Okay. okay. So he like knows this case. Okay. The Innocence Project reaches out to Mike and he starts working on this case. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And the Innocence Project and Mike are looking at files. And Mike is like, I know Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli. And he's like, I think he's going to be your guy. Okay. All right. To help with this. Now, the Innocence Project is like, "Mm, you sure about that, bud? Sure about that, Mike? Because at the time, Cuccinelli has the reputation of being one of the most conservative attorneys generals in the U.S. Okay. So Mike Herring goes to talk to him and tells him, hey, we have the wrong guy. And Cuccinelli did not react negatively about it. He can tell that Herring believes Thomas is innocent. So he actually takes the time and looks into the case. Wow. And he starts to see the overlapping of categories of behavior, the descriptions, etc. And when you put everything together, it looks like it's the same person. Okay. This guy so, had some angels looking out for joins, him. Ugh. I know. Joins in the petition to get Thomas out of jail. All right. Okay. So at this point, you would think, okay, dude, the attorney general is saying this guy's innocent. Yeah. Let's get him yeah. out. Nope. Oh, my God. Okay. You still have to prove to the court that you are over the significant threshold threshold of proof. It is literally proving that Thomas is innocent such bullshit and that goes into a whole nother problem in our country which is why is it so difficult to get out once you get in why why do we do that Mm -hmm. okay all right please tell me the story ends happily girl you're just gonna have to hold on and wait all right all right hold on to that diet coke of yours so so eventually or ginger ale I got both. So I'm double fisting over here. Oh man, getting crazy. (laughs) So eventually Thomas's team finds the files of Amy's case, the one that he was originally acquitted for, Mm -hmm. but it was for orally sodomizing. Mm -hmm. But after she was attacked, she spit on the sidewalk and they were able to test that swab. Guess what? It was Leon Davis's DNA. Comes back as Leon Davis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another thing that comes to light was that all the victims says said that their attacker was like five nine or five ten. Thomas is five six. Okay. All right. That's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Thomas's team tells him to take a polygraph, and the polygraph tech actually comes out, and he's like, "Yeah, this dude is not the guy that committed these crimes." Okay. Like, Listen, all right. This is bullshit. Yes. Which, like, I don't even think he should have to take a polygraph test because polygraphs, I think, are b- bullshit yes. in either way. Generally, yes. Um, but anyways, that's a different story. So, now, 10 appellate judges would be the deciders in Thomas's case. He would need to convince at least six of them to be set free. Okay. 
So Sean, oh my gosh, Sean Armbers is the one that gives the oral argument. She had two minutes to do this. Okay. So the judges during this time, though, are just going after them and pretty much saying, well, well, like, I believe the two minutes was like her first like oral argument. Here we go. Yeah. And then after that, the judges can like. Yeah. Her opening argument. Come at you yeah. With, like questions. And then. Yeah. And at this time, the judges are just like going back and forth. Like once you're in the like a judge asks you a question, you start answering that. Another judge is asking you a question. So it is just like attack left and right. And. And pretty much say, the judges are saying, well, the eyewitnesses didn't take their statements back. So like, what, you know, okay. they're saying this, he did it. But after weeks of waiting, six judges believed them and Thomas was exonerated. Oh my God. I feel like I can breathe. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So Praise March God. 21st, 2011, 27 years. Oh my God. After Thomas was arrested, Thomas years. was set free on his 46th birthday. Holy shit. Did they give him? Did they give him money? They didn't say. I didn't I did not look into it, but I would assume. They better fucking have given him some cash. Jesus Christ. And it's not enough. Um, Whatever it is is not enough. But I swear to God, oh my God, this poor twenty seven like, years. Could you imagine going in? Yeah, twenty seven years. In nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And coming out in two thousand and eleven. As a forty six year old? Oh. His oh You gotta learn computers. And like his, it's well. I mean, I guess like in 1984 they had computers, but like oh, you probably still have to read. And I guess like not like now, but not like now. Not like I mean, now. yeah, in prison they but do. Like cell phones? Yeah, they do learn. I mean, obviously, like they learn things. You know, it's not like they're just cut off from society, but it's different. Everything is so different, and like he's not. Yeah, like his youth was spent in prison. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he have? Yeah. Like, he didn't have time to build. He didn't have time to learn about what he wanted to do with his life. Did He might have gotten a degree while he was in. I don't know. But, like, ugh. Yeah. And he does bring that up. He was in the episode. He's like, I wonder, like, they stole my life. What would I have been? What what could I have done I in those yeah. 47, like, in those 27 years? Yeah. Yeah. I bet he does. So... Thomas and Janet, they do meet. Yeah. And Thomas does tell Janet, you know, Janet obviously feels absolutely guilty, absolutely horrible. And she had a hard time with yeah. it. You know, um, and Thomas does tell Janet, though, that they are both victims of the system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. And they do like, sh- they like, they talk, they go out and do like, um, to like colleges and oh they do what is that called? like a like speaking tours and yes they do like speaking tours yeah Aww. and everything so that people are aware of like eyewitnesses are yes while there are eyewitnesses that probably have been able to positively identify attackers and all that i'm not taking that away from eyewitness of course yeah from people that have experienced that and have done it and have been able to prove 100% without a reasonable doubt that this person is guilty. Yeah. Um, but they go out to talk about the way that we need to fix the system yeah. and how we do ID wow. and need to be fixed. Good for fucking them. Oh my God. Yeah. So 
mistaken eyewitness ID is the leading cause of wrongful wrongful convictions proven by DNA. Mm. As of now, according to the end of the show, 700 people have been exonerated in cases where mistaken identification was a contributing factor. Aww. Yeah. Wow. I am I am so, so impressed with both Thomas and Janet for like I know. choosing I mean a Thomas for like not harboring anger and and choosing to do that with what's you know left of their lives I mean that's that's it's impressive that's that's hard so, yeah so if you didn't know I got my information from the innocent files season one episode six um it's called the witness making memory and it's on Netflix okay awesome yeah, so that is Thomas Hainsworth. Man, that was a fucking roller coaster. Jesus. Yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just so scary that you could just literally be walking to the store and somebody could be like, that person. Yeah, I know. Not anymore. Maybe. Maybe it is. Not so much anymore, I feel like, because like DNA has really. It helps, yeah. Cut it helps. On. Absolutely. It helps a lot. And everything's on camera nowadays. Yeah, that too. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely, I think, a lot. I mean, crimes definitely happen and people do get away with crimes. But yeah. it's definitely a lot harder to get away with crimes yeah, nowadays. Absolutely. But no, but but at the same time, innocent people are put away, especially people of color yeah. are put away yeah. all the time for crimes that they didn't commit. So, but... Thomas is free. Yay. He is. And not only is he free, but he's doing what he can to help fix that problem. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Well, good for fucking him. Go, Thomas. Proud of you, dude. I know. <laughs> I know, right? I decided to do something a little different. But What? What'd you say? All right. I said I decided to do something a little bit oh. different this time. Oh, oh, oh. Not a little, it's a little bit uplifting. Yes. It started off rough, yeah. but there's there was a bright side. Yeah. It got a happy ending. Yeah, thank God. As much of a happy ending as it could have. Thank God. Lord have mercy. And I do look at the pictures side to side, and I won't lie. I mean, they look similar. They look different enough to me that I feel like I wouldn't mistake the two, but yeah. I can see why if you weren't. I could see. I mean, we have to think. Mm-hmm. The 80s was a lot more segregated than it is now. I mean, not that it's mm-hmm. not, but if you're not exposed to a lot of different uh, people of color I could see why you would yeah I mean I could see it like like I could see the differences yeah I know and you know what makes me mad and like I don't know if this is something you can do <clears throat> is that if he was wearing a ski mask with Janet like and she couldn't see the hairline I wonder if they put Thomas in that if it would have changed her perspective yeah maybe yeah that's a valid point because she didn't get to see his hairline. So, like, it might have changed the way her brain processed that It could have. That's true. That's true. That's a valid point. I wonder if they did. Or they probably didn't. They, pro- they probably didn't, Charles. They didn't no, do that. They, they were like, we got no. our guy. That would require too much That's work. it. We're done. Moving on. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm so. just going to reiterate. Y'all stay out of VA if you can. <laughs> it's a scary <laughs> fucking state. Okay, but not, it's not that bad. As long as... Just don't get in trouble. Or go to the store for yams. <laughs> or speed. Or, or 
I don't know, look sideways at a cop. I don't know. Like, they're just scary. I mean, I didn't have any issues with the cops. No. So you, every time you came, they were like on radar for you. Um, <laughs> but... But then again, North Carolina, every time I visited you, I always got a ticket. You did so always get tickets. F- fucking North Carolina. Yeah. Don't speed through North. If you have out-of-state license plate, do not speed through North Carolina. They will get you so quick. They're actually a lot better now. They come. Well, mm, maybe where you are, but. um, They, it's like, it was like a whole thing where like, they like were trying to reduce, uh, I don't know. There was something that happened where they were like, they were giving out tons of traffic citations and they were like, okay, we're going to like slow down a little bit on that. Cause I don't, I was young whenever that happened, but whatever. Okay. Well, the, every cop I see in Jacksonville, uh, a lot of them are pulling over out of state. So yeah, well maybe down there, just saying, yeah, maybe they, maybe they're isolating to where they know the tourists come. <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't know we're gonna get those tourists i don't know i don't care enough to find out (laughs) but so what's your weekly one um what's my weekly win for this week i've got so i've got like so many little projects happening that i don't want to say much about but are exciting so I think I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to leave it vague and I'll, I'll share with you guys when like the whole project is finished, but I got some, some major steps done in a, in an ongoing project. So you're looking to a brighter future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a, there you go. What about you? What's your weekly win? Um, it's Friday Eve. I just have one more work day to get through the weekend. That's my weekly. And then you can sleep past 6 (laughs) a.m. Yes. Only till 730, though. I was going to say, for like an hour till the little one is awake. For an extra hour. Hey, that extra hour is crucial. So. (laughs) And waking up not hungover has been quite nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My biggest thing is like... You get a lot more things done. Yeah, exactly. You're so much more productive. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do something. (laughs) Yeah. So... All right. All right, everyone. Well, if you guys liked what you heard, we would love for you to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, whatever, whatever the platform you're listening to requires. Um, If you listen to Apple Podcasts specifically... A review and a rating goes a long way because it helps make us more visible on the charts. So if you wanted to leave us a positive review, (laughs) yeah, the negative ones really hurt Chelsea's feelings. Okay, so I'm going to need everyone to chill with that. Just if you don't like it, just move on. I don't, okay, I don't know. That's my, my advice. I mean, that's what we do with our lives, but I don't think everyone has the same um, (laughs) self-control. Maybe. I don't know. But if you guys want to get in um, and have some combos with us, you can find us on Facebook at A Thousand True Crimes Podcast Discussion Group. You can also find us on Instagram at A Thousand True Crimes Pod. That's where we post all the info about our episodes and we talk about them if they're super interesting. I want to hear like a lot of people. I want to hear everyone's reactions to this case because I was pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's all I got for the housekeeping. So... Until next time, stay safe, lock your doors. You know which one I'm going to tell you to lock specifically. I feel like I don't need to say it twice, but it's the garage one for any new listeners. And um, stay the fuck out of Virginia and and Texas. <laughs> Virginia's not that bad. And Florida and 
and just stay home. Just don't ever just stay leave home. your house. <laughs> just stay home. All right, guys. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.